right, so we're talking uh, episodes 9 and 10 at a good place. Uh, Someone Like Me as a Member is uh, episode 9. And it starts off with the, the sweet sounds of a, a wonderful world. When I think to myself, uh, it is of a slow motion butterfly, a three arched stone bridge, as we've seen in uh, in this uh, botanical garden. That is some of the episodes uh, that is the good place, or is the essence of the good place, or is it Los Angeles or other area? I'm not sure where they shoot the good place. I mean everything. So. Where they shoot it. There's also a, like a, a, a distant shot that we last saw Michael, Janet, and Chidi when Chidi was, he said, you should be a cartographer. And Chidi said, oh, stomachache. Uh, no, he said something else. He was talking about his directional issues, uh, which still cracks me up. Uh, but uh, there's a rainbow. There's a rainbow there. It's not a double rainbow. It's a, It's actually a fading, beautiful rainbow. And let's see, the overhead shot of the entire good place. And then we have a close-up of Eleanor. She has a goofy smile on her face. Adam Scott snaps. I like how he has a a very fitting of his character, and he just looks good. He's got a blazer with a T-shirt on, that casual look. That uh, flower, white, uh, that white flower is on Michael's desk, uh, he called, and he uses the term ding-dongs, which made me think of ding-dongs. Uh, the whole Bad Place crew is there in the background. They're doing a lot of uh, fo- using their phones in the background, which I think people, that's like one of those things, like everybody gets fed up with that, but everybody kind of does it. If we are all like, just like, uh, I don't know, we we need a cultural construct for that. Uh, it doesn't involve finger pointing and sighing, though. But the people from the bad place were doing it and slouching around. Michael's desk is back to normal, just in case, like like me, you were thinking about it. Um, his desk has its the blotter, or whatever you call it, uh, that you write on. His his desk set, uh, the pen set. I don't think the pen set ever left. What does this say? Trevor keeps losing points. What does that even mean? Trevor keeps losing points. There's something lazing points. He they mention unicorns, uh, which is always you know you can't ever go wrong with unicorns. And we get some more Eleanor backstory because Michael says she's a part of our team. And then we go back to Adobe High, and you could Google, you could watch Good Place to find out what their mascot is. We have a young high school age Eleanor, I guess. She's drinking orange soda. She, she uses this term mop top, which cracked me up. A gel pen was also used. Oh, no, I could, sp- oh, because I looked, there was a couple of signs, so I'll spell it out for you. Uh, one sign says S-C-O-R-P-I-O-T-I-E-S, pride. And uh, it says, posh, it's two days in a row, uh, something for the, it's two days in a row for the red and the yellow. Okay, a poster, not posh, poster. I saw a sign for a food fair that was coming up at, at uh, Adobe High. I like how that sounds uh, in the character who said it, uh, Adobe High. Uh, then we're back at Tahani's house, uh, and she has a green marble, like a really fancy green marble table, her Degas ballerina paintings on it. 
We get a quick glimpse of bad Janet. Uh, not all clad in leather. Her, I don't think her pants are leather. They're leather-like, but they have sparkles. Like, so maybe some sort of leather, like, uh, leather, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Michael has never de- dealt with negative emotions, according to uh, this part of the show. Yeah, we get real Eleanor and uh, fake Eleanor. And really grand, grand stuff. Uh, uh, real Eleanor's excitement at her C-L-O-W-N nook. So, oh, the only thing that would make it better. Uh, Adam Scott's character, Trevor, that's the character's name, says to swear to Bieber. Uh, so they do praise Bieber where they can't come from. They talk about endless baby showers and long jazz songs being two of Eleanor's least favorite things. Uh, also, Cheetah knows is Elton John. Uh, I mean, casually, he knows that Elton John's a piano player. Eleanor does not. What does this mean? They go to dinner. What does this mean? Subtly segue. Subtly segue. It's in quotes. I don't know what that means, uh, but it happened maybe in the episode where I thought about it. And then Janet says, what are popper? What is a poppers uh, to Jason? Or no, maybe that's in Michael's. Uh, maybe this is at uh, Tahani's house. Uh, Michael's, they're doing imitations of Michael. I wonder if Tahani says something about segues. Uh, let's see, mop top. I'm looking through here to see what I can find out. For some reason I have the um, uh, closed captions off just because I'm... I was actually watching something for enjoyment and watch the captions on. Uh, by the way, Bravo Netflix. If you turn the caption, I mean this is real, a real Bravo, not a. It's like if the uh, closed captions are on on your uh, device, then they're on on your TV too. Uh, bad place crew, bad Janet, nearest cafe. Anyway, let's get back. Oh, uh, real and uh, uh eating uh, Tom Young Gung soup. Uh, GD's having grilled eggplant. I can't eat shellfish, but I do like that Thai soup. Um, before I was before I realized I was allergic to shellfish. Uh, uh, Trevor actually is doing a little Michael action. He has a hot pink pocket square going, and a, but a regular tie, a paisley tie. Eleanor has a really good glare at Trevor at one point. Uh, then we get uh, some really nice uh, human stuff with Jason and Janet. Uh, and Jason's really, I guess, empathizing with Janet. He says, I really know how you feel. What... Uh, Matters is what's in your heart, I think he says to Janet. Let me see if I could figure out what he says. Yeah, all that matters is what's in your heart. Uh, I thought that was like, a, I mean, that's what he said. Uh, also, Jason says he ate 50 jalapeno poppers once in two minutes. And this episode and maybe the next one have a lot, a lot of big hugs. So there's a big hug between Jason and Janet, like a legit hug. Uh, then Tahani uses the term trust falls with Barry Diller. And I don't know if Barry Diller is famous for doing those uh, at meetings, uh, but it just stuck out to me. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was in character. At 11 minutes and 10 seconds, Michael has a tie. Oh, yeah, this part's cool. 
because uh, they start partying. And Michael has like this awesome flashing bow tie, like almost like it has a neon around it. I mean, definitely some sort of LED type action, but not lame at all. Like, you, you know, you get a tie that's supposed to light up. It, it doesn't usually look cool. His looks cool. Uh, then the song "Who Lets the Dogs uh, Dog Out Play," "Who Let the Dogs Out Plays," which uh, people from the Bad Place are big fans of. Uh, Trevor also has a big, very big rectangular square. Well, Trevor, how do you how do you do? Uh, I think I already mentioned. I think that's his pocket square. A lot of uh, if if you watch the acting going on in the background, it's all very good. Like, watching the people from The Bad Place acting as Michael's talking, really good. Michael does some dancing at the party. Uh, there's also the idea of uh, the concept of time being uh, inhaled. There's this tie. It looks so cool. Um, At least at the distance they're shooting him at. Then we get, they talk about the Nixon tapes a little bit. Uh, uh, something, 14... Uh, for oh for fourteen thirteen okay so they're at a, at the bar now Trevor and uh, Eleanor over Trevor's right shoulder uh, there's someone eating dinner and they have their body language uh, they couldn't figure out it's like they're ending a, they're trying to end an end a dinner conversation they're like half sitting half standing and at first I thought they van they vanished, but I think they just walked behind Eleanor. I mean, I realize they're cutting all this as that it's a TV show, but it was just it just stuck out to me. Uh, something out of a Drew. What does that mean? Vanishes like something out of a dream. Uh, you and then uh, Trevor's big pitch. Eleanor is, hey, you won't have to try to fit in in the bad place. You know, which has kind of been thematically, like, you don't belong here. Like, where do you belong? Uh, then it's the morning after the party at Tahani's. Uh, the party lights are still moving slowly. Tahani takes some face board crown Eleanor. I don't know what that means. Face bar crown yeah, Eleanor's sleeping in her bathtub. That's another thing. It's like a great bathtub for sleeping or bathing. And it's like high up above a window that goes into her patio, which, I mean, normally if anybody's in your patio, you wouldn't want to be in the bathtub. But, like, the bathtub is above the window. I was just thinking, man, I would love to take a bath there. Yeah, because you could take a day bath and it'd be relaxing having all that sunlight. I guess you couldn't do... Like, usually I watch, uh, like, I'll casually watch episode of The Good Place across the room, but uh, even at night it would be pretty relaxing. I don't know, something about having the window there, for me, especially you're in the bathtub, nothing, and you're above it, so no one's going to be able to see anything. I mean, this bathtub was huge. Uh, so I guess I'm just saying it would be awesome. Uh, here's Eleanor. How come my, uh, closed captions, uh, subtitles, that's what they're called. They never started. Okay, then, uh, we go back to another flashback of Eleanor working for a tech company. First one that was weird was they had a giant bowl of butterscotch candy. He said, I wouldn't work there. Because I'd be like, sorry, uh, you can't accept, he said, well, how much are you going to give me? You want to buy my podcast for, for, uh, 40 million? 
well, you have a bowl of butterscotch candy here. I can't possibly do business with you. I'm afraid. Uh, like, are you described? Uh, are you run by a conglomerate of grandmothers or something? I mean, what, what, a few butterscotch candies mixed in with something I can understand. Then they have a giant uh, thing of saltwater taffy. Is that one I don't have as big an objection about, but I still would be like, uh, can't you get some M- friggin' M&Ms or something uh, more mainstream? I mean, yeah, I guess the saltwater taffy, I, I, I don't think it's, I, I, believe me, I have some saltwater taffy from like four years ago in one of my kitchen cabinets. The beautiful design of my luxurious living is uh, up against the wall, the, the, the communal laundry's on. And so if someone does laundry all day, it melt, at some point it melted the saltwater taffy. Uh, then we go to Eleanor's work at Naso Pro. Uh, there's a sign on a wall that says GTFO. Uh, not team. Eleanor's big on not being a part of a team. She doesn't join things. Or past Eleanor didn't. Uh, then we see uh, the, they're using Tahani's uh, uh, dining room table uh, for negotiation. In her house, in Tahani's office, but she doesn't have an office. Uh, Michael has a really nice lighter blue tie that I'll wear for a while. Kind of like a sky blue, maybe a periwinkle. A kind of plaid white. Uh, I don't know what that means. Maybe it's a pocket square. Uh, maybe it's a suit. And then it says, maybe it's what's on the tie. Then a darker blue pocket square. Eleanor aspires to be a good place. Michael channels his inner... Oh, this was really good. I don't have a time on this. Uh, but this is like the end of Willy Wonka, the, the um, original Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder version. And I'll say it in a sleep with me voice. He says, you'll get nothing. You get nothing. Uh, Michael totally cha- cha- channels Gene Wilder. I'd love to know in an interview if he did or if it was just... Uh, it was unrelated, you know, totally unrelated. But he says it just like it reminds me of that scene in Willy Wonka. That was the scene that stuck with me. People say, "What about the fizzy lifting drink?" I say, "What? Uh, what about that boat scene?" Well, I kind of remember that. Uh, what about Augustus Gloop? Uh, yeah, kind of. Well, but I mostly remember everything about the movie. What Mike TV? Oh yeah, I remember that part too. Brucus. Yeah, okay, I remember that. Uh, so like, yeah, I remember that. But yeah, also when he said you get nothing, when he looks like a dad after work instead of Willy Wonka. Anyway, back to Bravo, Michael. Uh, then uh, we see. Well, we get to see where Jason's room is, which is kind of behind the buffet kitchen storage for Eleanor. I mean, uh, but to Honey's house because you see a giant coffee maker. Extra chairs, some other buffet equipment, and uh, that's where Jason's secret room is hidden, or what was his meditative sanctuary. But uh, he gets busted by Tahani. She says, "Let's chant." And then the next episode kicks off. Um, where J- right when their conversation, Jason ranks the uh, Fast and Furious films. Where, if you're wondering. And I don't know, I'm going to have to watch these movies. To, I mean, I haven't watched them in a while. I don't know if I've seen number seven. But here you go. I'll start with it. Tied for the third best uh, Fast and Furious movies, according to Jason, which I would say 
it was probably pretty spot on. I mean, I, I don't know. The, I mean, I don't know. But uh, uh, movies three and four are tied for number three. Uh, movie seven is number two. And movie five is number one. Uh, so those are so. If you want to see Fast and Furious, I would say go three, four. Uh, maybe watch six first. I don't know. It didn't make the top three. Uh, so those are the best Fast and Furious movies. Uh, you, you still use the term professional amateur DJ. Uh, Tahani thinks uh, Ariana Grande. She's like, is this someone you're related to, or it's just funny exchange. She also has a permanent no sta- snacks rule. She says no snacks in my house. Uh, then we're in Michael's office developing a uh, a game plan. Uh, we meet Bamba John. Oh, this episode's Cheaty's Choice. That's how I like it. This is a really good. Uh, we get a lot of Cheaty backstory. Cheaty. Sorry. Uh, I was trying to do how Tahani says it. Uh, Oh, we're in the Everything is Fine waiting room, which, uh, so it's Bombajan, uh, real Eleanor and fake Eleanor. They're using it as a conference room. Uh, Eleanor has a glass of water. There's blue and yellow, high, wide, wide highlighters. Uh, it's a, I think the highlighter brand highlighters. Yeah, some copies of the Universal Code of Ethics are being used. We start to learn about Cheaty's kind of flaws, uh, that he's no good at making choices under pressure. Uh, we're also in Michael's office where we see uh, the Trojan horse is over Michael's right shoulder, or maybe it's not a Trojan horse. Cheaty has a couple of great, uh, really good stuff about uh, dry erase boards. Maybe we'll read it. He also uses the term vexed when he always vexed. Uh, and he filibusters his recess. Man, I mean, this show is just so well written, acted, and directed. Yeah, Eleanor says that uh, Chidi once talked about John Rawls for two hours. Uh, Bomba John gives a good hug to Eleanor, like a really good needed hug. Uh, Chidi gets busted as a lo- Jason's love whisperer, which, of course, I can't think of the. the um, who that is, is a famous person. I know the movie Roxanne was based on it. Uh, yeah, then Chidi does a little bit of just sleep with me about, um, he talks about um, uh, dry erase. He starts listing the pros and cons of pen and paper versus dry erase boards and saying, well, the list of pros and cons we would need to, I'd need to decide. It's just really good. They say ethics team, Eleanor says that, uh, uh, we get into Eleanor's uh, house, and we see this. We get a really good look at her coffee table, which is like a some sort of wood plank coffee table, maybe reclaimed, polished. But I have big issues with her couch. Uh, I don't even know it's a couch. It's more of a futon with a back. And it's, I don't know, I guess the Icelandic primitive style. They don't like to be comfy and watch TV. Because it has a really long base, like too long... Longer than anyone's upper leg, whatever that you call that, uh, your femur thing. And uh, definitely, like, at the back of it's wood. So not only is it too long for you to bend your knees um, without sitting, without your back against something. I mean, maybe they have better posture in Iceland. Uh, but just no way to lie down and watch TV unless you're lying flat on the futon part. 
They say, well, what if you, what do you have to prop yourself up with pillows? I don't know. I like to lean back. Um, I don't know. So I guess they have problems with her, her couch or sofa. Yeah. I said, how could you even use it? Uh, uh true love is rare. I'm, oh, these are, this is good dialogue. Okay, so this is what uh, uh, he says. Uh, no cheaty, true love is rare, like a desert flower betwixt two oases. Uh, but true love's also simple. And right now I'm just a girl, uh, towering over a boy, asking him to admit he loves me. And then Eleanor says, I feel like her confession's a lot better than mine. Uh, then we see a Jason flashback of his big accomplishment where he interrupts uh, Zach, uh, the newscaster, and WTLV and a weather report to Jacksonville, Channel 12 Jacksonville. Uh, Zach CZYTCHU. Uh, that's his last name, uh, the news. But uh, Jason calls him Carson Daly. He says, That's my greatest accomplishment ever. Uh, then Janet gives him wings, uh, chicken wings, as a gift for his kindness. Oh, this is uh, Tahani says, Chitty. Chitty. That's how she says it, I think. Uh, Chitty. You think she has a little more E in there? Chitty. Chitty. Uh, I can't do a uh, Tahani imitation, but uh, 11.03, we get... Oh, this is really good life lessons here. Eleanor gives two examples, legit examples of giving apologies. Uh, this one's the real one, uh, where she apologizes uh, to Tahani. Uh, she says, yeah, I did, and uh, I'm very sorry. Uh, I think she, maybe that's not when she gives a great apology. Do you think you're supposed to? What does the apology say? Uh, what does it go? Is something, you say you're sorry. I, I forgot, it's like four parts, right? You say, uh, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh like when you say you were wrong, yeah, I was wrong. Oh, she does that. She says, I was wrong for not telling you Jason was not uh, uh, um, uh, Jeanu. And she says, I'm sorry. And then she says, instead, she says, we have, she says, yeah, we have a complicated relationship, uh, but I care about you. Oh, she says, yes, I did. I'm very sorry. Uh, and then she says, yeah, let me fix it. How can I make it right? Uh, so she kind of hits those notes. Uh, so I guess it's just three parts. I was wrong. I'm sorry. How can I can I make it right? And you think also like you have a right to your feelings. Maybe it's part of it too. Okay, so uh, good apology by Eleanor, eleven oh three, and she gives another apology again. Then they watch a Deirdre and Margaret, which is an imaginary BBC show that ran for like uh, so many. 16 years, had 30 episodes. Uh, and we're in Michael's office. There's seven books and a steno pad on his desk. Uh, then we have a flashback. Uzo is Chidi's best friend, and they're eating at a restaurant called Eating Nemo. Yeah, his bestie, Uzo. Uh, Chidi is, uh, couldn't, can't decide between pumpkin super risotto. A uh, little piece of uh, factoid about Eleanor uh, that I may have mixed up. She had her first job when she was 14. Yeah, then she gives an apology when she's uh, doing uh, uh, Tahani's uh, hair. She says, she's I'm really sorry. 
uh, and Tahani forgives her. Uh, and she says, maybe you and Jason are met together. And then Eleanor says, maybe we we're both banned from public transit systems in our cities. Yeah, but then there's, uh, then Janet shows up to show that, uh, save the date in 10 minutes, Jason Mendoza and Janet, uh, are going to be married. And there's even a save the date card that, uh, Janet's holding. Uh, Janet calls Tahani. Oh, and then Michael calls Tahani Strawberry Mango Twist. I was like, Michael, come on, man. And Eleanor, because he's saying he's trying to help Chidi decide who he's in love with. Uh, Eleanor, who is some sort of purple yogurt. Uh, real Eleanor, who seems to be some sort of pineapple uh, sherbet or sorbet. And then uh, um, Tahani Strawberry Mango Twist. Uh, then we see Uzo's wedding day, and Chidi's very sweaty. <laughs> but he's faked out. It was just, I'm your best friend. I knew this would happen. But then Chidi says, you know what? I'm headed to the good place right now. And he goes He goes and does it. Uh, and then he says, then he's back with Michael. And he says, Michael, I think I know what I, who I love. And Michael says, go do it. And Chidi says, I'm going to trust my gut. Then we get to the wedding. And uh, the wedding is uh, probably, it's definitely a high point for sure, like two minutes long. Uh, Jason dances in, and uh, it's just its just so good. He dances in, and uh, Eleanor, the only attendees are Eleanor and Tahani, and they're drinking wine and kind of laughing. And uh, he even, he, he's, Jason's actually really uh, ripped. I, he's, he's got good buys. I said, holy cow, and tries, because that kind of makes it, you know, they balance each other out. And then um, he says, he's, uh, what are those vows? He says, Janet, my digital queen. Uh, Janet, we can dare to dream. Uh, uh, send N-A-K-E-D, N-U-D pics of your heart to me. And then he says, Jackson Jaguars rule. And then Janet says, it just so much, like, uh, like it's just weird how, like, uh, Janet is uh, much different than Data in uh, Star Trek. Uh, but she can be the fountainhead for so much. She has a different kind of humanity and, and a very different character. But she's also like this fountainhead for hum, hum, humanity and human moments. Uh, as the data was in some sense. Uh, she says, Jason, when I was rebooted, I lost all my knowledge. I was confused and disoriented, but you were always kind to me. According to the central theme of 230,000 songs or something, movies and poems, I researched for these vows in the last three seconds. That's what love's all about. And then Janice says, uh, the power vested in me by me, I pronounce this husband and wife, uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's really a beautiful moment. Uh, they did this. Say, can you officiate your own wedding? I didn't have a chance to look at it. Huge smiles on Jason and Janet. Uh, Janet's bouquet is also beautiful. That white and lavender roses are pit. You know, there's a, then uh, there's a bar in Tahani's place. Uh, and Tahani and Eleanor in front of it talking. There's a giant plate of chicken wings. Looked really good. 
Uh, three favorite. Oh, Chidi says, here's my three favorite yogurts, um, which made me think about soft serve versus frozen yogurt. And then I thought, what are my three, three favorite, not frozen yogurts, but soft serve? And I said, well, I guess chocolate and vanilla twist. That's one flavor. I haven't had like a blackberry, but I think, or some sort of berry based uh, soft serve in a long time. Cause uh, it's so, since California, we don't really have a lot of soft serve ice cream places. You know, newsflash, appreciate what you have, people. You don't know the glory of the world you live in. I mean, it's not, you know, we got other good stuff, but. And you can get froyo, but that's different than soft serve ice cream, which we'll learn about in the factoid part. Uh, but yeah, blackberry is another one that I don't have a lot. Uh, then after that, I wouldn't even know where to go because usually those are like, uh, I mean, like I talked about, there's like this one place where, uh, like, uh, it, it was it's in a gas station, believe it or not. And they have like 80 flavors of soft serve because they inject, you know, some flavor gel in there. But And I can't have Irish cream normally, but I can have Irish cream flavored things. And they have like a, a Irish cream injected flavored uh, soft serve that just has a hint of coconut in there. Whatever the uh, flavoring that they decided for Irish cream was. And it's delicious. I love that one. So I guess that would be my top three. Even though I haven't had a blackberry or a berry, boysenberry, mixed berry, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, probably like five years. Uh, um, those would be my top three, just in case anybody's wondering. And with that, they're married. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, Tahani says... Uh, uh, you were my nearest lifeboat to Chidi. And then uh, she goes, she said, you know, I was mixed up. Uh, and they talk about kind of, she says, true love is what Janet and Jan you have. Uh, she goes, you know, we had some kind of connection because we're highly educated sophisticates, uh, but not true love. And then we just get to watch uh, Michael or Janet and uh, Jason dance their wedding dance. And the episode comes to a close. Oh, wait. And Chidi learns all this. And he's like, what? And that's how the episode ends. Right, so the first thing I want to cover was uh, the differences between uh, frozen yogurt and ice cream, like soft serve and stuff, which I don't, I didn't actually know. Yeah, there's a couple. This is from Spoon University, which I think is like uh, Austin area. Oh, Texas. Uh, Ashley, this was written by Ashley Peek, P-E-E-K, from Texas Christian University in uh, May 13th, 2015. And this is on uh, SpoonUniversity.com. And uh, let's see. So uh, there's ice cream. Uh, which, according to the USDA, according to Ashley, is 20% cream, 10% milk, uh, and usually about 10% uh, fat, though some can have more. And it's usually, it'll be uh, frozen. And then there's frozen yogurt, which it says is just ice cream, but soft. Uh, same ingredients, uh, but from a machine that incorporates more air and doesn't allow the ice cream to get as hard. Then there's gelato, 
which is that it's churned very slowly, contains about only four, five to seven percent fat, uh, a higher ratio of milk to cream, and served at warmer temperatures and then, then versus being super icy. And then there's custard, which I think some soft serve ice cream is custard sometimes, or maybe only fancy, but, like, uh, but I think I remember frozen custard as a kid. Yeah, that has uh, egg yolk in it. Uh, all the ing- other ingredients are the same, but uh, having yogurt. Yeah, co- she she mentions uh, a place in Milwaukee called Cops of Frozen Custard. And then there's frozen yogurt, uh, uh, which, uh, let's see. In the addition to the mixture of ice cream, yogurt is added, which makes it more tangy. But then let me see. I think I, there's an article over here at sfgate.com, healthyeating.sfgate.com. And this one, I don't see an author credited, uh, but ice cream and frozen yogurt are made from dairy. Uh, in order for a frozen treat to be labeled as ice cream, it must contain 10% milk fat. Uh, and some can contain up to 16% milk fat. Frozen yogurt is not made with cream. And does not have a fat requirement. It's made from cultured milks uh, such as yogurts. Uh, so there you go. Not really. Uh, I guess what I'm looking for is frozen custard uh, or what I'll be looking for next time I can. Next thing I want to cover was Carson Daly. Uh, because uh, Carson Daly's uh, Jason loves Carson Daly. Carson Daly seems like one of these preeminently likable uh uh, personalities. Uh, so I thought we'd just uh, we'd just find out a little bit about him. He was born in Santa Monica. He's uh, from uh, his parents. Well, his mom's from uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, wow, went to Santa Monica High, Loyola Marymount. Uh, so he went to a Jesuit uh, uh, school, but dropped out to become a pro golfer. Uh, worked to make St. Patrick's Day an official holiday in Ireland, maybe. Uh, was an intern at Jimmy Kimmel at 18 in Palm Springs. Uh, started his broadcasting career at KOME in San, o- San Jose. Uh, then quickly bumped up to the uh, 6 to 10 p.m. time slot at KROQ. Uh, then MTV recru- recruited Daly as his summer VJ uh, at a, sh- on a show called Motel California. At the end of the summer, they said, well, you better come on permanently and move to New York. Uh, then he started uh, MTV Live, uh, uh, then Total Request Live, uh, all like uh, from 98 to 2003. Then uh, did some New Year's Eve. Spe- did it? Oh, did one New Year's Eve special. Uh, then in 2011, uh, his host and executive producer in an NBC show, The Voice, appears in a pivotal, brief but pivotal role. And my name is Earl. Is filled in on uh, the Today Show and uh, the Weekend Today Show. So there's some interesting stuff. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't have, I mean, I just say that guy seems likable. I really likable. He must be, it seems like, like a nice enough person and charismatic, like, and seems very intelligent. 
Now, there's a line, and I had to look it up, of uh, uh, from the move from the movie Notting Hill. It's a rewritten line uh, that Tahani says, uh, and this is mind blowing to me because I can remember going to this movie. It was from 1999, and I'm pretty sure it's a really enjoyable film. I think I've only seen it once, maybe twice. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. Uh, it's, uh, written by Richard Curtis, uh, who had rewritten Four Weddings and a Funeral. And it stars Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. It was well-received. Uh, it was the highest grossing, grossing British film that year. Won a BAFTA. Uh, uh, the plot is a romantic comedy. Uh, it can kind of, um, I don't want to get into it too much, uh, but, uh, uh, Julia Roberts kind of plays a Julia Roberts type character, and uh, maybe maybe I'll have to rewatch it. Uh, yeah, but this is what I wanted to read uh, from here. Richard Curtis developed the film from thoughts while lying awake at night. Uh, this is from the Wikipedia article on Notting Hill. Uh, he, he described the starting point as the idea of a very normal person going out with an unbelievably famous person and how that impinges on their lives. Uh, Mike Newell was approached to work on it, but it was already working on Pushing Tin. Uh, Duncan Kentworthy turned to Roger Mitchell, and uh, finding someone as good as Roger was just like finding the right actor to play each role. Uh, they chose uh, Curtis chose to write it in Notting Hills. That's where he lived, a perfect melting pot and setting for a film. Uh, which was kind of hard, uh, filming it in such a bu- busy urban area because uh, they didn't worry about having Roberts and Grant on public streets with all the onlookers, but they did it anyway. Uh, first day of shooting was on Portobello Road, and there was gridlock. Um, but, uh, people uh, believe they were genuinely excited about the film, it was a lot of work, uh, but it sounds exciting. And Richard Curtis is quoted as saying, uh, I would sometimes wonder what it would be like if I just turned up at my friends' houses and uh, where I used to have dinner once a week and the most famous person at the time, be it Madonna or whomever. It all sprang from there. How would my friends react? Oh, if he showed up with Madonna, who would try to be cool? Who? How would you get through dinner? What would they say to you afterwards? So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, another person that came up was Barry Diller, uh, who was a very well-known uh, American business person, chairman of uh, and senior executive of IAC in Expedia, uh, founder of the Fox Broadcasting and USA Broadcasting, member of the Television Hall of Fame, uh, born in San born into born in San Francisco. Uh, started a career in the William Morris Agency mailroom after dropping out of UCLA. Uh, learned a lot about the entertainment industry through their archives. Uh, worked a way up uh, uh, to work for the head of ABC West Coast. Um, uh, from there, Diller worked on negotiating broadcast rights for feature films, uh, then became vice president of development in 65. Uh, Diller created the ABC Movie of the Week, uh, pioneering the concept of made-for-television movies. 
through a series of 90-minute films produced exclusively for television. Uh, then served 10 years as a chairman of Paramount starting in 74, where they churned out hit television shows like Laverne and Shirley Taxi, uh, Cheers, uh, films like Saturday Night Fever, Grease, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of uh, Fun, Terms of Endearment, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, then uh, 84 to 92 uh, held the uh, positions of chairman and chief uh, CEO of Fox and uh, had a lot of hits there. Uh, then bought a stake in QVC and then uh, uh, left you, then uh, became acquired the assets, 97 acquired the assets of Silver King Broadcasting. Uh, the Royce USA Network and uh, uh, locally run stations dubbed the USA Broadcasting. Uh, then in the 2000s, chairman of Expedia. So a lot of things. Uh, also was a mentor of, uh, it was against, according to 2003 on a Bill Moyer show, against a media consolidation. So that's good to know. Um also was a mentor to uh, people like Michael Eisner, uh, Don Steele, Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, Don Simpson. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, like uh, uh, Diller and uh, uh, Diane von Faustenberg uh, have uh, donated a lot of money uh, to different uh, uh, to different causes. Uh, so. Yeah, so a little bit about Barry Diller. I don't know, see anything about their trust falls in there. Another thing was gel pens were mentioned, and I was like, what's a gel pen? Well, according to Wikipedia, gel pen is uh, uses ink, which is pigment suspended in a water-based gel. Yeah, because the ink is thick and opaque, it shows up more clearly on dark or slick surfaces than typical inks used in ballpoint or felt-tip pens. Uh, gel pen is similar in design to an ink-based pen. With a barrel uh, containing writing mechanisms and a cap, a reservoir filled with ink, uh, it has a higher viscosity, which just supports a, a proportion of pigments in the medium. So I don't know. I, I said, what's the difference between a gel pen and a regular? It just, it, is it, I thought it was a marketing thing, but it turns out it's not. Okay, what about a ding dong, which I have at home sometimes? Uh, it's a chocolate cake produced and distributed in the U.S. by Hostess Brands and in Canada by Saputo Incorporated under the name King Don. It used to be known as Big Wheels at some point. Uh, been produced since 1967, except uh, for a little while when they were out of business in 2013. And it's round with a flat top and bottom, three inches in diameter, slightly taller than an inch, uh, similar to a hockey puck but smaller with a white cream in the center and uh, chocolate glaze over chocolate cake. Uh, originally came in aluminum foil, so it could be carried in lunches. Uh, so yeah, it used to be, uh, I don't know, I just like, uh, I, just, I do enjoy those, but like so. And then uh, real quick, we'll cover the Arch Bridge, uh, which we see. Uh, this is also from Wikipedia. Arch Bridge is a bridge with abutments at each end shaped as a, curve, shaped as a curved arch. Uh, 
They work by transferring the weight of the bridge and its loads uh, primarily in, in, into a horizontal thrust uh, restrained by abutments on either side. A viaduct may be made by a series of arches, although although other more economical structures are typically used. Uh, the oldest one is it was in Greece around 1300 B.C. that's ex- still existing. Uh, the stone Cobal Arch Bridge is still used by the local populace. Uh, uh, there's a 4th century Rhodes for bridge, uh, Although true arches were already known by the Etruscans and ancient Greeks, the Romans were, as with the vault and the dome, uh, first able to fully realize the potential for arches for bridge construction. And uh, it features uh, a list of Roman bridges combined by, c- compiled by Colin O'Connor. It features 330 Roman stone bridges for traffic, uh, 34 timber bridges, and 54 aqueduct bridges. Uh, a substantial part still standing and even used to carry vehicles. And you can read about more about that on Wikipedia. So it's a little bit about uh, those are some things we learned in uh, tonight's episode. A good place to learn and sleep. Good night. Okay, I want to thank everybody for the show over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, FJ, FJ, FKC, JD, NJD, VJ, DNC from Canada. Says, uh, very beautiful. This podcast, in all honesty, makes me feel safe. I habitually sleep with the lights on. But when I play, play this podcast, I can sleep, turn the lights off. Also, it makes me dream. A rare occasion for me. Oh, well, that's very nice. Uh, uh, Molly J. did not like uh, the podcast. Uh, and uh, it, did, it did help him fall asleep, though. Uh, Ava... Uh, Fox Show, Ava Fox Show, Ava Fox Show, uh, wholehearted and relaxing, makes my night, makes me smile, if not on the outside, then on the inside. Awesome. Uh, glad this exists. Uh, Daria uh, Girl says, so helpful. Friend recommended it. Uh, it really did help me have yet to be awake by the end of an episode. Uh, all H's and two or three L's. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven H's and three L's, maybe. Yeah, thank you. Podcast amazing. Uh, it's the only thing that I found that helps in the middle of the night and puts me back to sleep. Thank you for existing. Uh, thank you for reviewing. Uh, how about Adam Can Sing? Uh, love this app. Uh, love you, Scooter. Works every time. Don't last more than five or ten minutes. Uh, and I want to thank some people on YouTube. Ethan, Helena. Uh, Deborah, uh, to the point, Eliza, Eliza Libby, uh, Andrea, thank you all, thank you and good night, Kel Bell, Miss Brownie, uh, Celia, thank you, thanks and good night, Asmat, uh, Nuclear, Ruth, uh, thank you, thanks and good night, uh, Friedrich, uh, Caesar Pizza, and uh, Saves, uh, thank you and thanks and good night. Uh, Love, uh, M.Y., and James, thank you, thanks, and good night. Kamasu, Ryan, and Jeremy, thank you, thanks, and good night. Eduardo, me and dog, and Bunny Rabbit, uh, thank you, thanks, and good night. Wern, Matthew, and Ann, thanks, and good night. Megan, Susan, Steve, and Matau, thanks, thanks, and good night. 
Uh, thanks, thanks, and good night, everybody. Thanks for the boar love and good night.